if you're normally paying someone like 12 bucks an hour and now you have to pay them 15 bucks an hour, that is X dollars more that you are paying the same person, like I said, for the same, the same labor and the same value of that labor. So now what happens is the expenses on your balance sheet just rose, but your profit didn't. So you have to find a way to keep the same amount of profit for your business um, while still adhering to the laws. So basically what that means is you have to cut other areas of your expenses and labor is a very large expense. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bigger Hearts, Deeper Minds. I'm your host, Brad Johnson, and let's get into it. Uh, today's topic is a hotly contested topic amongst many political circles, and it is the idea of minimum wage and minimum wage laws, and specifically how they affect workers and societies and communities and prices and markets and everything. <laughs> um, so... This, I feel like this debate has been around for probably decades, if not centuries, and uh, certainly as long as I've been paying attention to politics and considered myself um, a conservative before turning libertarian, um, it's it's just been around forever from what I can basically gather, and uh, it makes sense. You know, people people want people's lives to go a certain way and I'm not any different. I mean, you want to be able to live a good life. You want to be able to live a reasonable, happy, healthy life. I mean, who doesn't want that? That's that's part of the human condition. So there's a couple of reasons that minimum wage laws simply don't work. And oftentimes they actually create more of a problem rather than simply being ineffective. So the idea behind a minimum wage is Everyone, uh, or at least every adult, should be able to earn an amount of money every month that helps them, that enables them to pay their bills and be, basically be able to get by. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that intent, like I've said before. But we run into a couple issues when we actually reach the problem, uh, when we actually reach the implementation of it. We, we start to see problems come out of the implementation of minimum wage laws that people didn't intend to be part of the outcome. So number one is a minimum wage law basically says you can't pay someone less than this amount for this type of work. So the first issue we run into with a minimum wage law is it prices certain people out of the market. So people, people like... Uh, anyone getting their first job or, or second job, um, and teenagers, those are some of the first people to be priced out of the, um, the working market when you say something, something like the minimum wage has to be $15 an hour or $20 an hour because basically the more money is associated with a particular role, the more value and uh, in turn the more productivity is associated with a particular job. So you get you get paid more because you're doing something more valuable is basically what I'm trying to say. Um, a manager gets paid more than a team member because the manager has more valuable work to do. They have they are being more productive with their work. 
it all comes down to the basic idea of productivity and um, also risk and capital, but on a very, very, very basic level, productivity. So like, what what is your what is your output? What is the nature of your work? What are you putting in and what are you putting out to be able to justify that type of wage? So this is this is the, the the first reason that this doesn't work is because people who don't have experience, people who don't have real world job experience, which most often is people getting their first job or teenagers, if you all of a sudden say you can't pay them less than $15 an hour for this particular work, you're basically saying, okay, I'm not going to hire that type of person because they don't have the skill that I need. I'm not going to hire a teenager when I could hire someone who had another job before and they can transfer that skill to this new job. That's That in and of itself is a term as well. It's called a transferable skill. So oftentimes, you can learn something in one particular job and you can bring it over to another job because the markets are similar or the type of work is similar, what have you, things like that. So people with what they call low skills uh, and less experience are actually hurt by minimum wage laws because if you're saying, I have to pay you $15 an hour to do this work, you're not. You're going to hire someone who's going to get you the most productivity for that minimum wage. And so if it becomes $15 an hour, you're not going to hire someone who hasn't gone through the experience of anything related to that before. You're going to look for the, in short, you're going to look for the most valuable worker you can find. You're going to look for someone who um, either already knows how to do the job uh, or someone who doesn't need very much training to be able to do that particular task or job. So that's the first thing that happens. Um, Second thing is Minimum wage actually um, forces uh, other people, uh, it, it actually forces the devaluation of other types of work and other types of uh, jobs in particular markets. And so basically, um, if you're saying uh, someone working in a fast food or retail environment has to be paid $15 an hour, what that's really doing is it's forcing up the costs of other jobs and other roles. So someone who might be making $21 an hour, um, that is going to artificially force them uh, to most likely seek out different employment because if people at this particular level over here are making a certain threshold because a minimum wage law was passed, it's going to force other people to say, hey, um, I want to continue to, I want, I want the money that I earn to have the same type of value in the marketplace as it did before. Because if originally the person working the now minimum wage law uh, job was making something like 10 or 11 an hour, but now they're making 15 an hour for the same work, the same job, the same company even, um, the person who's making like 20 or $21 an hour wants their uh, they, they want the value of their money and their work to be upheld. And so you've, you've basically just robbed them of some of the work that they did to get to that point. And people are going to say, all right, if, if that person is making this much more money, I want to make that much more money too. It's, it's just, you, you don't want to, you don't want to, um, lose like value of what you're doing because someone else's 
um, was artificially raised. It's it's kind of like if it's kind of like um, I, I hope this is a good analogy, but I I feel like it would probably be something like if uh, if there's a car that costs a particular amount, and all of a sudden that car the the car hasn't changed like the features and the functions of the car and the just you know the the appearance of the car haven't changed but all of a sudden that car is made more expensive it actually devalues cars that provide more functions more value uh, a nicer appearance so it's kind of like if a i guess if a honda um was all of a sudden significantly more expensive than it normally is it actually devalues a more valuable car like an antique or um, a Bugatti or um, a Lambo or a Tesla or something to that effect so it's it's basically saying well Lamborghini or Tesla they're gonna they're just gonna raise their prices because their cars haven't gotten less valuable but the Honda like I said if you keep it the same it's going to be um, but it's more expensive it's just going to artificially change other things in the market as well. Um, another thing that happens with minimum wage laws is it actually, the people who it's intended to benefit, it actually hurts the most. So if if you pass a law and it says you can't pay these people less than this amount, it has to be this threshold at $15 an hour, what actually happens is um, the, the business that that applies to for this, the sake of the example, which this is realistic, let's say they're they're pulling in the same amount of revenue, but now they have to pay their employees a certain amount more. What they're going to do is they're actually going to have to let go more employees. It actually minimum wage laws actually don't increase employment; they actually decrease employment. So, what happens is, if you're normally paying someone like twelve bucks an hour, and now you have to pay them fifteen bucks an hour. That is X dollars more that you are paying the same person, like I said, for the same the same labor and the same value of that labor. So now what happens is the expenses on your balance sheet just rose, but your profit didn't. So you have to find a way to keep the same amount of profit for your business um, while still adhering to the laws. So basically what that means is you have to cut other areas of your expenses and labor is a very large expense. And so what happens most often, and this happened on Bernie Sanders campaign team, I'll, I'll find the link and put it in the description or the show notes below. Um, people were, <laughs> people were fighting, uh, for him to be paying his campaign staff, um, a particular wage. And so that did happen and their wages went up, but in order to justify that greater wage per individual, he had to let other people go. And that's what happens with any other business. And so, like I said, if you if your expenses rise, but the work hasn't changed, you're going to have to let other people go. So it actually puts more people out of work than it takes into work. So that's that's another issue. Um, I feel like that, that, that covers it pretty well. Um, but we should definitely, at least I should say that covers kind of the basics of why minimum minimum wage laws don't work. Um, and they actually typically harm rather than help. But something that we should talk about here too, because it's very relevant, is people respond to incentive. It it And we'll also talk about inflation, but first we'll talk about incentive. So 
people respond to what type of value they're going to get by pursuing a particular action. So in short, there's a reason that um, a shelf stalker at a retail store gets paid less than a doctor in a hospital. The doctor had to go through quite literally decades of school. They had to go through hundreds of thousands of dollars of education. They had to go through extremely rigorous licensing and professional fees and tests. Um, they had to perform a number of things to show that they were ready. They had to study and study and study and write and write and write and test and test and test. Um, all of these things that a doctor has to go through, or and it's very similar for a lawyer as well, society assigns a specific type of value to these types of work. So a doctor or a lawyer is bringing a certain type of value to the market that a shelf stalker cannot, and so uh, or doesn't rather. Uh, and so it's it's not knocking people who didn't go to school for that or can't go to school for that. That's not what I'm saying because I can already hear the the liberals, especially saying, "Oh, well, you don't you don't want people to be able to make a living wage. You don't you don't want people to be able to live." It's like, no, I never said that. I specifically said at the beginning of this video too. I'm, I, I will never knock the fact that someone wants to make make it possible for themselves to live a happy, well-rounded, financially possible life. That is not what I'm saying. It's You have to understand what the market is willing to trade a certain amount of money for. So a shelf stalker, it's very easy to learn. You can basically learn that skill overnight. Um, and so you're going to get paid accordingly. And a doctor or a lawyer like I said, they have to go through years of school. They have to go through hundreds of thousands of dollars of education. They have to pass a lot of tests. They have to prove a lot of things. They have to demonstrate a lot of things. And so society says, because you've done all this and you're providing a particular type of service or value to the marketplace, we are going to pay you more for that. And so by raising the minimum wage, um, you are saying that the same type of work deserves more value when it may or may not um, and it has nothing to do with the person working the job or or the capacity of their skill it's just you're really just saying this type of work shouldn't be paid uh, any less than this and so what people so often miss in this conversation is if you want to achieve a particular thing you have to enact a particular type of action. You have to pursue a particular type of course. You can't you can't sit around all day and expect to be fit. You have to exercise to be fit and you have to exercise consistently. Um, and you can't you can't um, you, you can't buy a set of painting supplies and never paint and expect to be an, inc an incredible painter who sells millions of dollars worth of artwork artwork, excuse me, <laughs> you have to do something with it. And so that's what people so often miss is um, you have to make a decision about what you're going to do with your life and your time and your money and your resources. You can, just like I did, um, just a little bit of background on me, especially of the, those of you who are listening for the first time or who don't know me on a personal level. Um, I I think something that people look at is they see doctors and lawyers and professionals and authors and podcasters and things like that, and they're like, oh, well, they just have it great because they've always had it that great. No, that is not true at all. Um, 
I I started off doing all these same things that I have talked about. Like one of my first jobs ever was an ice cream scooper. And that's even extra weird for me to think about now because I'm a vegan now. So life changes. You you make you make decisions and you you bring your life in a particular direction that will continually benefit yourself and the outcome of the decisions that you've made. And so even though I've been I've been a shelf stocker, I've been an ice cream scooper, I have uh, I have worked in pet stores, I've done retail, I have done boring basically like data entry type jobs online. I've I've done I've worked in a library, I've worked in a school, I've I've done a lot of different things and each step you take brings you one or two steps closer to where you want to eventually be. So it's all about incentive and, and there's nothing wrong with wanting to help people and seeing the difficulties that people go through. But at the same time, it doesn't negate the fact that you have to make smart decisions. Even if, even if you haven't, you might not have grown up in a family that was well off. And I totally get that. I've, I've had many, I've had many friends who've, I've talked with about that and um, you know, it's, it's all around us. And, but, you know, another thing too, is if you grew up in America, you have a lot more advantages than other people often do. It's not to say that people not in America don't work hard because they absolutely do. I think Africa has one of the highest rates of, um, high school and, and college graduate college graduation rates because, um, there are many families in Africa who come, who grow up out of poverty, and they know that oh, I have a chance at education. Um, this is an incredible opportunity for me to make a life for myself and get out there. And that's just one example. I mean, there's um, there. My wife is someone who um, was born into an immigrant family, and her you know her parents were immigrants, and. She worked very hard and incredibly so at getting college education and being a college graduate and working towards a better life. And she's very proud and she openly says this. These aren't my words, they're hers. She talks about how she's extremely proud to be an immigrant daughter and she is extremely grateful and proud of the opportunity that she had to better her life because her parents made decisions to help her get closer to that. So that is my long-winded way of saying it does account, you have to account for the individual and the choices that they are making. I'm not saying that we have to just poo-poo people who say um, that they want people to have better lives. That's not what I'm saying at all. Everyone wants people to have better lives. At least anyone who's compassionate wants people to have better lives, myself included. Um, But we have to account for the the economic realities that come about as a result of the things that we ask for and wish for. So, um, yeah, and let's talk about inflation as well. So inflation is something that so often gets overlooked um, in, in the minimum wage conversation. So I think something that people, it's easy for them to miss is they see how much like rent costs, which yes, rent can be very expensive and, and very often is, especially in larger cities like New York and San Francisco and Los Angeles and stuff like that. And even, even Chicago to some extent, um, uh, people don't account for inflation, which is basically the government has been, uh, 
definitely for decades now. And oh my gosh, 2020, I don't even want to talk about that. But the government has just been printing more and more and more and more, more and more and more money. So what happens when that when that is done is every every time you add more of the same thing to something else, it becomes less valuable. So if you have if you have one golden ring, that golden ring is extremely valuable because you only have one of it. But if you have ten or if you have twenty or if you have a thousand, the the value and the price of that starts to um, be watered down because uh, you just don't have as much of it if or sorry you you because you have so much of it <laughs> um, not because you don't have so much of it but it's the same thing with anything else I mean uh, there's a reason that fine art has such a high price tag on it and there's so much attention on it because the original is never um, you know you you can't you can't make more than one of an original, otherwise it's a duplicate. So it's the same thing with everything else. The more you flood, the more you flood something with anything, you're you're just gonna not have as much value assigned to it. So it's the same with money. Is we used to have things like a bartering system, or our our money used to be backed by gold, so it used to actually be worth something, because gold is a hard asset and you can't replace it with anything else you can't produce more of it it's it's a limited there's a limited quantity of it and so basically what happens is people look at these huge rent prices and the and the big prices of everything else and it turns into a conversation of why do i have to pay a thousand dollars or fifteen hundred dollars for rent um that's a ridiculous cost well we forget that you know in, or, in order to get the same amount of monetary value from something, if there's tons and tons of inflation, you have to charge more. Because when you could originally charge, say, 500, and now you have to charge 1,500, it's because there's so much more of everything in the financial system. So you, you have to you have to charge more and you have to pay more to get the same type of value from something that wasn't as bloated and as inflated before which actually leads me to another point that i should have included earlier which is another reason that minimum wage laws don't work is because um when you when you have to if there's if there's a service that someone would normally uh be selling for twenty dollars and they're they're paying they're paying someone uh eight dollars to um, perform the, the, the company owners paying their employee like $8 to do that. And it's, it's $20 for the service. Um, a fraction of that is their, their profit. So let's say it's, I don't know, four bucks. And there's like other, other things that go into that. That might not be a realistic example, but, but you get the point. There's, there's a certain amount you, you charge a customer, there's a certain amount, certain amount you pay in expenses, and there's a certain amount that you get in profit. That's that's how every business works on a very fundamental level. And so if someone comes along and says, hey, I need more than eight bucks, or we're going to mandate that you pay this person more than eight dollars to do the same kind of work, what it comes down to is, okay, I can't pay this person eight dollars anymore. I have to pay them 12. I'm going to raise the price of my service to $30 instead of 20. And so now everything on on a fundamental level you're still the person is get still getting paid a certain amount you're still charging for a certain amount for the service and you're still making a certain amount in profit 
but you had to raise all of that because of the stupid minimum wage law that said you can't pay this person this amount anymore. You have to pay them more. So it artificially jacks up the prices of everything. And so that's why we see things like in New York, and again, I'll try and find at least one or two articles on this. Um, New York, uh, I I don't know if it's still the case. I'm sure it is. But New York um, passed some $15 an hour minimum wage law. And a lot of restaurants had to shut down and or let go of workers because they couldn't afford to keep the same amount of employees on at that same rate. Like I said, you have to, you have to actually let go of people in order to justify the new mandated costs that you're paying, um, to your employees. And so it often has the opposite effect that people actually want it to have. And really what people should be doing is again, it goes back to incentive is if that $8 an hour isn't enough, which I, I totally get that it wouldn't be. Um, you have to, you have to take it upon yourself to decide what am I going to do to make my life better? What am I going to do to find the skills I need to warrant a higher cost? Um, or to warrant a higher value, a higher monetary value for the work that I'm doing. Um, and another thing that's interesting too, and I'll, I'll post this in the description below as well, is it's, it's very, very rare to see that people say, stay, completely stagnant wage-wise across their entire lives. Most often, the case is that there is a lot of um, upward mobility across the wage scale and that the older people get, typically, the more money that they earn. And that that is in part because of raises, that could be because of promotions, that could be because of changing industries or changing jobs, things like that. Um, But it's extremely rare to see people constantly backsliding. You have to be pretty much holding the same job, and then in inflation slowly erodes at, at that same money that you're making. Um, <clears throat> it, it's very rare to see people consistently backsliding throughout their entire lives. If anything, wages stay stagnant if people don't pursue new meaningful ends for themselves, um, and things like that. But most often, it is very actually common to see people rising up through the wage scale. Um, in, income growth is a lot more common than people realize. Because uh, think about it, like who wants to be, if you can make more money, if you want to, who wants to be making the same amount of money in 10 years that they're making now? You know, it's it's no one. People always want to be making more money if they can. And so many people choose to. And I commend them for that. So that, in short, is why minimum wage laws don't work. Um, I will post, like I said, a bunch of links and stuff in the description below. I hope you enjoyed checking that out. Thank you again for joining me for an episode of Bigger Hearts, Deeper Minds. Uh, check out our Bcast info to join our email list. And we offer exclusive discounts and perks for our email subscribers only. So be sure to check that out if you're interested And uh, thank you for tuning in. I will see you in another episode. Have a great day.